0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blink Talks. I'm your host, Anthony Haddad, and today we have Dave Schutz with Stowberry. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dave. Pleasure. Pleasure to have you on, and thanks for taking the time.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this, you know, I'm excited to talk to you because you are somebody who kind of understands both worlds, uh, you know, your background comes from digital marketing and kind of some high-level enterprise agency work, um, which I think is extremely valuable to to any business right now, regardless of niche, industry, any of that. Um, and then you found yourself, you know, building multiple brands in the e-commerce space and the jewelry uh, the jewelry industry and vertical. So uh, super, super excited to jump into that. Kind of tell us who you are, what your company is, and, you know maybe how you got into the business.
1: Yeah. So Stowberry began, oh, probably way back around 2016, 2017 as really just a side hustle. I and a friend of mine uh, who had an MBA thought we'd be the dynamic duo, bringing his business chops and my uh, creative background to what we thought was a interesting category to explore. We've both, I think, had the same sort of founder's story um, going back to when we were searching for a wedding band and having that experience, like so many people have at retail, when you walk in uh, to jewelry store and, you know, the experience is often catered to your partner. um, And uh, that was certainly the same for us. We were presented with a choice of about six different rings on a tray. They said, pick one. And I picked one. Um, and I think that sort of impersonal, um, limited option, uh, piece of the equation of picking out that wedding ring really stuck with us both. And then it just created the question of like, what else could it be? So what, uh, what could that experience be? What could brand, you know, the idea of brand do to that equation. And so we started looking at you know other successful companies in the D2C space and companies specifically that have had to tackle challenging products that, uh, to to uh, to ship out to a consumer where the traditional idea is let's let's try it on in store. You know things like Warby Parker um, and the idea of buying glasses online um, or Zappos buying shoes online. Uh, so wedding rings kind of share that that, that same inherent challenge of wanting to really dial in the size, the feel, the fit. And, uh, and then looking at that as, as just part of the inherent equation that really it's at the end of the day, all about customer service. Um, not just the product. I mean, our, our biggest product is probably our customer service. So, um, it was a slow burn uh you know at first we weren't industry veterans and so uh we had to learn you know top to bottom what it meant to <laughs> to grow this business and so uh a few years in uh i i made the leap to go full time uh and bought out my partner at that point and haven't looked back and we right now we've got a small team here in minnesota that uh craft uh very unique distinctive collection uh of wedding bands primarily men's focused products but uh increasingly we're we're doing a lot more with uh couples sets as well and and then accessories that we're building on on top of that so yeah it's 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 been a it's been a fun uh e-commerce adventure <laughs> like oh. it's been a fun e-commerce adventure like so many others uh, are having um you know in in similar uh, walks of life. Yeah, I, well, I mean, first,
0: just looking at the the rings, I mean, they're way cooler. And it, you mentioned this, when a retailer comes out with six rings, I mean, it's kind of an important ring, you might want to like, enjoy it, or you really, you know, make it your own uh
1: yeah and i think i think the expectation you know or the the tradition for years is you know particularly with men in this category it's often you know a a purchase decision that's being pushed uh by the fiance um and not that it's an afterthought but certainly not always the place where you think you really want to uh you know investigate what your personal style is like how does this ring represent who i am and uh how can i feel a a real connection to it and it's you know hopefully the only one you're going to buy for the <laughs> rest of your lifetime so yeah it makes sense to uh you know do your due diligence shop around and um and consider the idea that you don't really have to limit your options we don't offer every ring ourselves. Uh, but we do a lot of custom work and we're always yeah. excited to to take on a challenge by a customer that says, hey, I like this style. Could you do it in this material? Could we change the width? Could we change this or that? Uh, we do a lot of custom work and that's super gratifying for us to know that, you know, that that's a one of a kind piece that ultimately means a ton to that person getting it. And that.
0: yeah, I love that. And, you, you know, it kind of segues into a really I think a good next question. You're a guy who didn't grow up in the jewelry business, didn't have much of of an experience, and yet you managed to launch a true jewelry brand and set up e-commerce and position yourself online and are having success in building new brands. How does a guy do that? What, what, like, what are you utilizing or what skills or, or tools are you using, whether it's technology or knowledge staff, what are you, how are you doing that?
1: <laughs> Great question. And some days I don't know if I mm-hmm. am doing it. It's okay. uh, it's been a long winding journey and it's a, it's a, it's a mission of self-discovery really every day. Um, and as tech changes opportunities change. And so you just need to constantly keep evolving. Um, and like I said, I came from an advertising background. And so I felt my sweet spot certainly was the branding, equation, design, storytelling. Um, and so there were gaps that we had to figure out when it came to how how would we pull together a cohesive collection uh of products that be a little bit different than than what was out there and i think we made the choice to very early on look at a cohesive collection of products that really hung to a very specific point of view uh, which really was just a reflection of our taste we love uh scandinavian danish minimalism our name stowberry means foundry in danish and uh on top of that certainly like a lot of the more minimalist, uh, refined work from from Japanese aesthetics. So all that sort of minimalist point of view, that's really what you're seeing in uh, our collection. And we're constantly twe- tweaking it. You know, we're constantly saying, "Hey, does this product live up to that promise? Um, what do we need next?" But we're not trying to throw everything you know in the kitchen sink at our customers. Uh, there are brands that do a great job of that. Brands that are bigger than us. Um, and, but we simply like to offer designs that we personally feel are timeless, distinctive, high quality, um, and not uh, destined to, to somehow fall out of fashion in the next couple of years. So we're we're trying to present what we consider a new take on timeless.
0: Yeah, I think you guys are also kind of innovating the experience as well so let's let's say um let's pick three technologies that you're using you know uh you have do you have Shopify what's the site built in what do you what's your CRM do it, what you know the basic stuff
1: yeah um we started on Shopify and uh, that was at the urging of our web partner that we brought in uh on day one it at the time, it was a it was a very tough decision. It was a little bit more expensive, uh, seemed a little bit more restrictive than some of the other options out there when it came to you know design and templates and things like that. But uh, we were told that if we wanted to scale, this this platform would be it. And this remember this is way back in like 2017, um, and we haven't regretted that decision. Uh, it's it's been a very stable, reliable. Powerful tool that kind of keeps growing with us as, as we shift uh, our business around. So um, that was an important first step, and you know, part of the reason why, again, that's such a powerful uh, tool for businesses like ours is just the ability to integrate with other technology, like our e econ- or our email system, uh, Klaviyo, um, mm-hmm. our SMS uh, service with Attentive, um, our uh, customer service platform, which is gorgeous. Um, and, you know, any number of other, you know, offerings that stack on with a really easy API. Um, that's, it's been a fun challenge to try to c- continue to make it more elegant while being more robust. And that'll be a pursuit that <laughs> that, that will never change. You know, we're constantly see how we can, you know, Uh, Trick this thing out to be, uh, you know, to run itself. That won't happen, but uh, we've made strides.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear you're in Shopify. Um, There's a lot of partnerships under the hood and friendships that uh, Shopify has that makes them a lot better for scaling, aka, you know, basically advertising. You know, they're in cahoots with Facebook and uh, there's a lot of good things about Shopify. I'm just glad you're on that. So, um, cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, let me ask you a question. Um, what's the, would you say one of the more challenging
1: times you've had in your business? Well, uh, they come at you (laughs) all the time. I mean, it's, uh, I could, I could wind back the calendar, um, just a few months and, uh, you know, talk about challenging moments we've had with, uh, you know, some of our collaborators, uh, agency partners. Um, but, you know, honestly, I think after a couple of years, you develop a, a tough stomach when it comes to sort of working your way through those challenges. The biggest one, no question would be, uh, divorcing my co-founder. Yeah. Um, uh, myself, uh, we were, and, and my partner Colin, when we originally started this brand, um, we were and still are best friends, but to the course of a couple of years of, of trying to collaborate on this, it became clear, I think to both of us that, uh, we were spending a lot more time, uh, debating the minutia of, of our approach on any given day. Um, and it really had sort of cannibalized what we valued of our own relationship um and friendship so uh that moment at which it was proposed that we might need to either you know, one person buy the other out uh that was a gut check that i wasn't expecting and um it, it was a really tough period to to get through and then just you know going at it on my own was was uncharted territory as well wow so That that sort of discovery period of, you know, how am I going to do this on my terms, and uh, who's going to support me? Who am I going to you know bring in around me? That was that was a tough period, and that that was before COVID. That was right before COVID, and um, you know, it. I gave myself license to to go go slow and um, and really build it uh, the way that I saw it. I wanted to build it. So that, that was a tough period, but yeah, I think we were both better off for it and we're still best friends to this day.
0: I love to hear that. And I I respect the hell of that. You guys put the relationship first. Um, There's a lot of family businesses in the jewelry industry. Uh, I came from one and, you know, me and my brothers managed to keep all of us working together, but all of us working separate. And we got through that fire somehow and, our relation we always put our relationships first and I just love to hear that I think it's super important i'm I'm glad to hear that you guys are still best friends um but what a what a um that's a that's a true entrepreneurial step to take there's a lot going on there, you know and I I think it's important because I think the world's changing a lot right now uh technology's changing AI is coming uh and I think it's important for people to be okay with being uncomfortable or stepping into some uncharted territories right now. And I think it's necessary. Um not only for survival, but definitely if they want to thrive. Um so kudos to you. Um one other question. How do you judge like your KPIs? Like do you guys have a cost per acquisition? Um how are you judging success?
1: Yeah, there's it's that's a great question. Um because there are easy answers, right? You can you can talk about uh, your cost per conversion and um, and all the metrics that you know start building up over the course of a year. Um And there's no question that 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 is a big indicator, right? So uh, if we can see that whatever we're doing on a given platform, whether it's Facebook or or Google, and we're getting a you know, three or four or five X on a given campaign. Um, we try to learn from that, try to understand why um, that's working versus the campaign that we're standing up next to it. That is falling short, right? Um, but, you know, there are other indicators as well, including you know customer satisfaction, um, our reviews, uh, our overall growth trajectory um you know on any given year it's you, un- <laughs> unfortunately i can't simply look at our uh our our profitability as being sort of the ultimate indicator um if i did i i i would not be sleeping very well but it's it's uh we put a lot of investment back into this business um whether it's with inventory equipment uh personnel um our systems but uh yeah i think we know we're tracking well when uh, we can see our advertising performing to a, a level that feels like we're getting a good investment back uh, on our spend. But um, no, I, it, it's almost like the uh, the goal line keeps shifting a little bit with our business. Um, every year, you know, something else is is kind of coming into the coming into the equation to, to make us question, you know, are we doing it right? Whereas, yeah. you know, 90% of our spend might've been on meta a couple of years ago. Now it's, you know, more challenging questions about how do we maintain a successful uh, influencer program uh, on TikTok? Uh, How do we recruit? How do we support? Uh, how do we encourage those kinds of uh, user generated uh, pieces of content? to come forward. So um I'm I'm of the firm belief that it, that we need to do uh more on on all those disparate platforms. Um and that's a pledge that I made at the beginning of last year. It's a pledge that I'll make at the beginning of this year and it's uh, it's uh, you know, it's uh it's constantly evolving and and uh we're just most days yeah, at least trying to do well on the platforms that we that we are active on.
0: So I- I, I might have a r- really good guy for you if, uh, when it comes we to
1: you need good guys,
0: yeah. Um, well, uh, we'll touch more on that, obviously. Um, but I do have a really good TikTok guy and he does it all remote, but makes his own videos, whatever. Um, but I think he's just doing consulting right now. But remind me and I'll, I'll, I, can- I will, I will. So, one thing, all right. So, this answer, there was a lot there, but how, let's let me ask you this. What are you tracking your cost per leads and are you doing it in Facebook Manager or using some type of bi tool business intelligence tool? Are you do you have Google search console tag manager? I mean, yeah, you're, we, you're in e-commerce. so we need to know where every penny's going. Yeah, <laughs> basically,
1: you know? yeah, and honestly, that's that's been a challenge. Um, yeah, we track it. certainly the most of my attention because our, our spend is a bit outweighted currently within meta, a lot of the, you know, analytics uh, lie there for me. Um, Google uh, we we've sort of maintained a, a baseline of uh, uh, strategy over the past, I'd say six months since we uh, parted ways with our most recent uh, consultant. And, so that's that's an opportunity that we're actively working to um, address right now. There's a gap there uh, in in just paying attention to that platform, um, and and uh, making adjustments. You know, throughout the course of a season, whether it's you know, supporting promotions that we're running or or simply refreshing creative. Uh, those are things we need to do. But no, I, I think it's. You know, most of the most of the scrutiny is coming in through our performance uh on Clabio with our given promotions, our open rates, click rates. It's in our ROAS uh, within uh Meta. And uh it's looking at other metrics within our Shopify dashboard too, just about what uh what what are the results of promotions that we're running, rings, designs that we're focused on. Um those gross margins that, you know, we're constantly trying to improve. Um, and yeah, I, by no means, um, uh, I have some, I'll say this, I have some blind spots when it comes to being able to really, uh, apply the rigor when it comes to testing, uh, A, B, C, whatever. Um, We'll do it, but you know my my background certainly my my default uh, mode is is creative mode. So uh, there are a lot of days where I'm trying to maybe capture the, uh, new images of some of our products and showcase those to the world because that's part of where I derive oh. my creative fulfillment. You know, it's it's uh, capturing a different look, it's capturing a different side of, of, uh, some of our products. Um, and I, sometimes I likely am focused on that to a fault where it would make more sense to, to, yeah, challenge some, some of what I'm seeing on my dashboard, uh, within Meta. So the reporting
0: thing is a super important, especially if you're, if you're a startup. Uh, I, I, uh, it sounds like you're doing it well, One of the things that I've learned over spending like millions of dollars on these platforms and also coming from the TV background. So this stuff all comes down to basically reach frequency creative, you know that. So there's some of these platforms reporting, there's more under the hood than you might know. And some of these conversions that they're reporting, sometimes there's deduplication, sometimes, and actually many times. Let's say an ad is seen on Google, and that, but they have already they've somehow saw an ad on Facebook. Whether they converted from Google or not, they're gonna. There's some thing, finicky things going on with attribution, deduplication, things like that. Um, so you really need to be tracking all the way to the sale, for sure. Or just be aware of it. Well, you're good, but um also another thing that i've learned in the past is google first you might have more of a facebook type of thing because you can target by like relationships and you know those are good good data points but what we know about google traffic is it is high quality and it is way more reliable than facebook data just sorry just to say it is i've, I've ran it facebook is some got some things going on with them but if I know that they were hit on Google first, then I can retarget them and be the five hundred pound gorilla for a fraction of the cost. and
1: yeah, you know. and we had success with that model too of you know when we have been doing the right things within Google, retargeting on Facebook, no yeah. question that that's an equation that that we love. um and I think that's probably what we're gonna be going back to once we shore up our our strategy on on Google um in the coming coming weeks and months um it it will start to take over more of our budget there's no question um but yeah i think we've we started out so heavily you know a few years ago within meta it still ends up being sort of (laughs) a default mode when we don't know what else to do um the levers we start pulling tend to be in meta but you know one of the most interesting things we found just this year um was an insight that came completely by accident um with our targeting and uh for a couple years within meta it seemed like one of the most obvious uh one of the most obvious things you could do would be to target people who self-selected as uh, engaged to be married um in fact, it's one of the original, bright spots we saw with this brand that oh within meta we can target people who declare that they are engaged um that's a that's a perfect audience and so that's really where we focused you know a lot of our efforts in those first couple years um experimenting with you know male female split experimenting with other uh other targeting uh options as well um online shoppers geographic, age, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and we never really questioned that even as we experimented with lookalike audiences and, and other uh, variations of, of that model. That all held true until uh, earlier this year, uh, around March or April, or, uh, when I was studying some of our campaigns and realized that one campaign had been set up incorrectly and was targeting essentially the entire meta universe men and women, 20 to 65, whatever it was, and really nothing <laughs> uh, beyond that. Uh, and, and all of North America, that yeah. one at that moment, when we reviewed it was actually performing better than the other campaigns that it was. I, knew to
0: it. I was going to ask you that question. And yeah. it's because the AI, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, and that yeah, was, I, I was going to ask that. I was like, I have a feeling he's going to say this.
1: Yeah. That was a, that was a sobering moment. And one, you know, then you start wondering like how long might I have continued along this path? Had I not just screwed up? Um, because it seems counterintuitive that a broader target would outperform people who are engaged to be married when we're selling wedding rings. Uh, that that was odd and it's since that day it's really changed the way that we've uh set up our campaigns um in meta and we've seen some really encouraging things coming out of that but uh um, yeah I, <laughs> happy I, accident i know
0: exactly i, I had a feeling you're gonna say that yeah. um but yeah man that's that's hey sometimes have well, you me.
1: seen it what should we do beyond that you know should we apply additional targeting in a different right.
0: So here's the thing
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll leave you with.
0: You're a creative director, right? Yeah. What if I told you that like Canva and AI had a baby and I, we could create hundreds, hundreds of pieces of content in a matter of hours and then continue to do that forever and ever and ever. What does that mean? Why would we do that? Um, We would do that because it makes A-B testing easier. It makes um, adding imagery to blogs easier. I mean, content is no longer an issue. It really isn't. And I can show this to you. I have little videos I'm putting out like how to do this, how to do that. But uh, remind me to show you that. Um, Yeah, no, I totally will. um, I'll show you. um, I'll do an AI consultation or whatever with you. And we'll go through a whole bunch of stuff. You'll love it. Um, all right. Where was I going with that?
1: <laughs> um, uh, well, okay. I asked you, yeah, what, what additional targeting should oh,
0: I do? Oh what, oh, what additional stuff? Okay. F- so first of all, before I would do anything, I would audit all your advertising campaigns, which we can do for you. Um, we have multiple teams, multiple consultants. They're good. You will see right away. Um, So I would audit everything. And then I would look into my analytics, okay? Tracking things in there when, it, when, when we're asking, hey, like, what, how do we, tr- you know, what's our KPI? And what are we tracking? What are we using for analytics? We want those to be definitive answers. And also the organization needs to know that stuff. To take things one step further, there is traction. If you really want to scale the business up, there's, you ever heard of traction in the book? EOS model. I don't think so. It's a really famous book. Um, and, and we purchased this for Anchor. And so we were, uh, you pay quite a bit of money for each seat and all that. I remade it in Excel. And what, so I could show you a quick example. Well, we're getting, we're getting down to time, but Traction will, will control everything in the organization. How many tickets came in? How many, um, each department has a different leadership meeting. And this allows you to really look at your company. And so I would look into the tracking. I would look into the business intelligence. There there, there may be some very cheap and affordable things that make your life a lot easier. Audit the campaigns. And then things that I would add, I would be, uh, first and foremost, we're a Google shop. We know everything. We We are have been doing Google forever, SEO, we can rate. I'll just show you all our campaigns, but um, yeah, if you, you know, if you, I would be heavily focused on Google. Um, you do have a social product though, but I would, I would look at the cost per acquisition. You know, I need to know how much is the cost per sale? What is, you know, what is the, you know, what, when they go into Clavio, how comprehensive are our follow-ups and our drips? Are they, boring and annoying are they entertaining you know and then how much money are we spending in all these but i would definitely look into more google i'll teach you how to do the more content split testing will be easy wow Uh, yeah (laughs) so i'll do yeah i'll do a full hour thing with you anything ai related you want I'll, i'll show you some stuff make your life a lot easier um, um but let's uh, set, follow up what i'll I'll I'll, I have, I'll I'll get your i'll go ahead and let, let's do this because <laughs> we kind of went off into a a, a chat there yeah uh, guys please let people know how to get a hold of you um the website linkedin phone number whatever you're comfortable with sharing uh um, yeah for sure uh,
1: uh, we we primarily uh do our work uh on our website stowberry.com, that's s-t-o-b-e-r-i.com Uh we run it out of a small design studio here uh, just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and largely are serving custom rings to anybody in North America and beyond. Um and yeah, drop us a line at support at stowberry.com or even my personal email, Dave at stowberry.com. And uh yeah, let us let us know what you think. Uh, we'll help you k- get set up with a ring or something completely uh, unexpected. Like uh, yeah, <laughs> like sorry. the brand we just launched, which uh, is, is in a totally different category, but a great gift option coming up for the holidays.
0: Yeah. Feel free to share it if you want.
1: Oh, the brand?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, the brand <laughs> is Yuki Yohai. Uh, and that's a mouthful, but it is a... Uh, cannabis accessories brand. That's truly a spinoff of what we were doing with Stowberry. We took one of our accessories, which was sort of a luxury dugout and pipe uh, smoking kit. And uh, it was so successful with uh, our initial tests on Etsy that we decided to create an entire brand around it. So that's the latest offering. And that is at U-K-I-Y-O-H-I dot com, yukiyohai.com.
0: Do that to my, that's awesome. Yeah, these, these rings are super cool. Check them out. Um, One last question. Do you, are you, do you work with retailers if retailers wanted to pick up your line?
1: Yeah, we've had, we do have a few. Um, Largely that's happened organically through our presence on FAIR, Uh, that uh, wholesale marketplace, which incidentally just announced a big partnership with Shopify, I think last week. Uh, so we're, we see a a lot of upside, uh, with supporting that, uh, marketplace as well. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited about where that's going.
0: Yeah. I think it's a big play. There's a ton of retailers. I think that will be seeing this. So, um, yeah, there'd be a process. Uh, Thank you so much for being on. I know you're busy. It's the end of the hour. Go do what you need to be doing. And really, it's just a pleasure to meet you. Thanks for joining the community, taking time. I really appreciate it.